In today's show, we go through a tanktastic Wednesday in the NBA. There were 10 games on. We try to work out if there's anything we can take from it. We'll see. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble, and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. There were 10 games on. There was bullshit. Like that's, it was bullshit. There's stuff going on again. Do you need an extra reason that your season should not go this long? Please, please argue it with me. Please, in the comments, YouTube, argue it with me. Nah, it's actually best. Test your skills. You get to try out different things. Keep you on your toes. Bullshit. Should have finished. Season should have finished a week and a half ago. This is nonsense. But we're still here. We're still breaking it down. We're still giving opinions because that's what we do. Let's get it on. Warnie? Yeah, Warnie. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> Thanks, Warnie. All right. Let's give an update about tomorrow's two-game slate. Uh, Al Horford looks like he is going to play in that one. Rob Williams is listed questionable. I would be very surprised if they both play in the same game, although it is against the Bucs. So maybe they do do that. And then on Friday, they sit both Horford and Williams. But Horford is listed on the injury report as... Uh, Horford, sorry. Rob Williams is listed on the injury report as questionable. So I'd have to assume that he doesn't play. Middleton Saturday for the Bucks on the other side of things. So you would expect that he returns to action Thursday. No update on whether 50-point legend Drew Holiday will play or if Yanni will play. Yanni's had the knee problems. There is a chance that he sits, but don't know. We'll find out. And then the other big one is going to be Nikola Jokic, if you didn't see Nikola, is questionable with a calf issue. If he is out, Zeke Nagy and Tom Bryant both become stream options because it's only two games on. So nearly all of those Nuggets guys, KCP and Brown and Jeff Green and Naji and Brian and even Christian Brown, they're going to have to take on huge amounts of load there. And that is going to um, boost their value on a two-game day. We don't need to talk waiver wire ads and drops because we did a whole waiver wire show earlier in the day. So let's go into these games because there are 10 of them. We'll have to talk about. First one was those Milwaukee Bucks and the Indiana Pacers, um, and just an astonishingly high-scoring game. 149 in regulation, the Bucks, 136 the Pacers. Drew Holiday just dropped a casual 51-8-8, eight eight, a steal and a block on 67% shooting on 30 attempts. One of the best games of the entire season. Not for Drew, for almost anybody. Just a crazy game. Well, Giannis casually had a 38-17-12 triple-double on 78% shooting, and he went 71 from the line. Another astonishingly good game. Hey, you know all the hand-wring about Giannis' ranking in category leagues? He's third over the last week in category leagues with his free throws. He's 41 for the season with the free throws and still top 10 in punt free throw builds, or even in minus one. I think he's 11th. Don't know what minus one is. We're going to talk about that more later. It's just taking a player's worst category away to give an actual decent or an action realistic representation of where they are as a fantasy player. Lopez did it again, 21-8, three blocks, while Grayson Allen threw down a huge dunk, literally the only shot that he made. He had three points. He had three assists, though, and two steals. 
And the reason you added Grayson Allen, the reason you added Javon Carter was to get today's game and tomorrow's. And that's not a great start from Allen, but three assists and two steals is. And Javon Carter started for Chris Middleton, had eight points, two threes, two assists. Not great, but it just adds something extra because... Again, what we would have, what you could have done if you had the open roster spot today, you could have added them, and it's just a bonus because you would have added them again tomorrow anyway. So you're just adding that little bit extra on the three assists to two steals, the two triples, the eight points from Carter, just a little bit of added on extra. There was no Jay Crowder, so we got more minutes from Punch Bob. Twenty-three minutes for Portis, twelve and eight. Not a lot else there for the Pacers. Well, I don't know what to make of this team as we move forward, and that is going to be a common refrain from this entire show. Miles Turner missed again. Tyrese Halliburton missed again. Buddy Heald missed again. Heald was off the injury report entirely. And then all of a sudden, ah, actually he's out. He's too sick to play, but he wasn't too sick for us to list injured yesterday, but he's actually too sick to play today. An amazing coincidence that is. I firmly believe, firmly, maybe it's maybe it's more um, sort of soggy, my belief in that they're not going to play again. I don't think Turner's playing again. I feel like 70% on that. I don't think Halliburton's playing again. I'm 50% on that. Healed, I'm probably 25%. I think he might play, but I don't know. And that screws with everything when trying to figure out this team. Because we can see what they're doing. We can see where the minutes are going. And we can see, if you look at their um, record, that they are basically half a game ahead of the Magic, equal with the Blazers, and like one game ahead of the Jazz. So they need to lose every game in order to push themselves potentially for a chance at the fifth best lottery odds. And I think they're going to do it. Aaron Neesmith left the game in the last quarter. Uh, 31 minutes for him. 22, 2 and 3. 3 steals, a block, 5 triples, 78%. I don't know how to do this, but I should find who the most inconsistent player is. It's got to be this guy. Like, 78% shooting. I think he shot 10% last game. Look, this is unbelievable. This is a great line. He's 180th over the last week. Not that he hasn't been starting every game, because he has. It's just impossible to predict. Jalen Smith went to the bench. He started last game at center, played 20 minutes and had 17, 6, and 4, which is definitely a 12-team line. While Isaiah Jackson had 9 and 3 with 3 blocks, which probably is a 12-team line as well, and they both can be rostered. Nwora had 18 points, 3 triples. That's a 12-teamer. But if any of Turner, Heald, and Halliburton play, then every one of these other guys gets dicked. Matherin played 41 minutes, probably a little bit too many, but that's fine. 29 and 9 with 2 steals. He hasn't been a fantasy guy all season. I know you'll argue he's 190th on the season. That's not a 12-team league player. It's not even a 14-team league player. But for now, maybe we try it. He's going to get lots of chances. And then the other one to watch is Nempard, who had 15, 12, sorry, 15, 2, and 15 as they kept McConnell down to 20 minutes. Now, that's how you know that they don't care because if Halliburton was legitimately injured, they would play 30 minutes of TJ McConnell. But they played 20 of TJ. That's how you know that this injury and the rotations, it's all, as Elaine would say, fake, 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 fake. McConnell had 12-2-6. That's still useful in 12-team league. So he is on the menu there. But I feel like anything random can happen with this team, really, at this point, at any time, given the um, unique... Well, not even unique. Given the incentives they have to lose every single game from here on out, which they do have. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Basketball GM. If If you want to be an NBA GM and you want to tank every single game to get the number one draft pick, maybe... Ultimate Basketball GM is the game for you. We all love playing around. And on this ad copy, they go, have fun with it. Yeah, take some risks. I'll take some risks, all right? If you want to be a better GM than Troy Weaver, go ahead and get this game because then you won't get every failed number two overall pick uh, center prospect who can't thrive in the modern NBA. Or at least that's a way to guarantee losers. Losers? Guaranteed to lose. So maybe you go ahead and do that. Maybe that's the way you want to play Ultimate Basketball GM. Maybe you want to hire a washed-up coach who's a great bloke but a terrible tactician. 
That's the Detroit way as well. I don't know why I'm shitting on Detroit. I'll get to them later on. But we're doing that when we're talking about ultimate pro basketball GM. But of course, the aim is to win. So go out there, make your draft picks, hire your coaches, set your training, make your free agent acquisitions, and you can do, do that in this game. Deal with challenging personalities. I'm going to tell all my players to turn off all their social media apps. I don't want any stray Amazon links being posted on my Instagram stories or strip club photos or Jamal Murray incidents. I don't need that stuff. I'll tell my players not to do it. So I'm going to go and download this app. You can do that at the uh, the App Store or you can go to probasketballgm.com or you can scan the code that's on your screen. You can also get a free 100% boost to your franchise using the promo code LOCKEDON in the game store. That's all caps and it's one word. Probasketball.com. The game is Ultimate Basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. I wonder if they regret telling me to take some risks with the ad read. Let's go on to the next one, the Houston Rockets and the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets win at 123-114. wasn't that comfortable. They sort of had to come back late in the game. What we've seen here with Kevin Porter back in the team that the delicate dancer Alpren Shangun is losing production. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. Now, that seems a weird thing to say after he dropped 21 and 12, but the thing that he was really getting by on earlier on was six, seven assists a game. He had two. He just doesn't handle the ball as much, which does hurt his overall upside. Porter had a stinker two games ago. Really good here. 31, 9, and 6 with three steals. These are really good numbers. Nothing changes about my dynasty evaluation for him where I don't think he's a long-term starter in the NBA. But for now, this is why we like drafting him this season because the opportunities are here. KJ Martin continues to plug along. Very limited upside, but a really safe floor, 15 and 7. While Jabari Smith played 40 minutes. That's great. He played 30 last game, so predicting an extra 33% of minutes wasn't easy to do. He had 12 and 12 with shit shooting, as is been the usual. Speaking of shit shooting, Jalen Green, 14, 3 and 5, two steals, 39 from the field, four of nine from the line is an absolute killer. And there is no trust I have in this man whatsoever to be a consistent and efficient player. I have no trust in it. And next season, when we head into it, we are looking at him purely as a punt field goal guy who could take a big step forward, but you have to uh, prepare for that. And speaking of punt field goals, well, if you had Tari Tank season, well, goodbye to your field goals. 0 of 6 for 0 points in 22 minutes, and that's without Jay Sean Tate. He'd been getting 25, 26, 27 without Tate every night. This game, he played poorly. His minutes reduced. I don't believe Tate returns this season, so I will stick with Eason, but this stunk. All he gave us was 6 rebounds, and that is it for the Nets. Cam Thomas back out of the rotation with the return of Seth Curry and Royce O'Neal. Cam Johnson had a first big game in a while. 31 points for him, 5 triples, 7 rebounds, and 5 assists. Bridges seemed to hurt his hand, but he's all right. 40 points, 27, 6, and 6 with 4 threes. And Claxton had 18 and 10 and 3 blocks. So big games with the big stars. Stars. You know, you know what I mean. Dinwiddie had 20 points, 11 assists, good games there. Well, Finney Smith continues to do like absolutely nothing. That's not true. He had two blocks and a steal, which is all right. But man, the production this bloke is giving is so poor. 226th over the last week, 204th for the season. We're only looking at him in deep league, uh, deep league scenarios. While Royce had nine, five, and four with three triples. He's been an okay stream guy, but we don't need to hold him for the weekend. No chance. Dayron Sharp got the backup minutes again, but only seven minutes for Dayron with four points. And obviously we drop all these sort of guys, Finney Smith, O'Neal, Harris Sharp, Curry, Watanabe, um, no matter what you think, the next two games are Friday, Sunday, 13 game days, and they're just not worth holding. They're not good enough to even hold through that sort of um, situation. The next game that we take a look at here is the Dallas Mavericks against the Philadelphia 76ers. The Mavericks lose again, 116-108. Luka, 24-10-8, 37 minutes, not bad. Kyrie, 23-6-5, two steals, pretty good. 
After that, misery. And that's not true. Timmy Hardaway, 36 minutes, 21 points, 5 threes. But if there's one thing we know, it's that we cannot trust on Tim Hardaway for minutes, for shooting consistency or scoring consistency. This is good. I don't care enough to add him. But, but I will say this. They play Saturday. So he is going to be a player who should be rostered everywhere on Saturday. Can, would you sacrifice a roster spot on Thursday? Probably not. But he will be rostered then. Christian Wood, uh, yeah, 12 minutes, 9 points. Hmm. wonder if he's staying on this team next season. That is absolutely droppable, but the same caveats go there with Hardaway, that they play Saturday. He's a player who will be in their rotation Saturday, so he's useful on Saturday. Make your decision whether you drop him, but he's obviously not good enough at the moment. Maxi Kleber returned, played 26 minutes. He had a block. He's an okay block streamer for, Sunday, uh, for Saturday. While Bullock had seven points and Dwight Powell played 11 minutes. Jaden Hardy, who did play well last game, only had eight points in 18 minutes with sub-20% usage. That's the frustration. We know we can't use Josh Green when Irving and Doncic play. We thought maybe there was a sneaky chance of Hardy, but with Hardaway playing those minutes, it's really hard. He had eight points in 18 minutes, Jaden, with four assists. I think he's going to be a good player long-term, but rely, relying on him now isn't there. Again, Saturday, love it. Love love the move. Embiid and Harden returned for the Sixers. Joel had 25 and 9 with a triple one, while Jimmy Harden played 38 minutes in his first game back. Seems like too many. He shot 29%, 15, 4, and 12 with three steals. So rough with the shooting, rough with the free throws, but the nice assists and steals sort of help. Maxi dropped in 24, 22, 4, and 4, four triples for Tangles. And DeAnthony Melton, even though Harden was back, played 33 minutes. So, okay, I don't know what to do with that. Because last game, Harden didn't play and Maxi did jack shit. But in this game, Dr. Rivers said, all right, Shake Milton, you're playing zero. Zero minutes. So they all went to the wave pool and he produced a really good line. With this sort of inconsistency, it's really hard to trust, but it's also impossible to drop him because now we've got a real blueprint. Hey, he can still succeed when Harden's there. Now, whether Shake gets back into the rotation or not next game, who's to say? I couldn't tell you. Maybe Dr. couldn't tell you either. But that is useful enough. Toby Harris continues to plot along. 13, 4, and 2. Well, it was a good game from Georgie Niang. 19 minutes for the minivan, 14 points, 4 triples, 1 steal, 2 blocks. Usually, we can rely upon Yang to be a 3-point shooter, a 3-point streamer, and he did that. He just added a few extra things. So don't get overly excited about that one. And thankfully, thankfully, not a Dr. Rivers did not play Dwayne Dedman as the backup center. He went strictly with Paul Reed, which is a W for everybody. The Knicks and the Heat. The Heat continued to be extraordinarily disappointing. 101-92, the Knicks win. There was no Kyle Lowry who was ruled out, then upgraded to questionable, and then ruled out again. Figure it out. So Gabe Vincent played 31 minutes. And of course, in the other games that Lowry's been out, he hasn't even touched 31 minutes. So I don't know what to make of that either. He was great, Gabe. 21 points, four triples, three assists, two steals, 73% shooting. But I don't care enough to add him or stream him. He can be a guy on a low-volume day, which I believe the Heat have coming up on Saturday. Pretty sure they play Saturday. Yeah, they do. So he's going to be an option for us there, as is Kyle Lowry. But Lowry will return on Saturday. With Max Struess, the Winter Soldier, picking up three fouls in under three minutes, he didn't see the court again. They went with Duncan Robinson, who played 28 minutes. 12 points, four triples, nothing else. That's all he did. He hit four threes and said, all right, guys, I'll see you later. He packed it up and was done. Now, this is the problem with, with Struess, who'd been getting 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 minutes, stunk yesterday and played three today. What an absolute waste of a back-to-back stream that you could not have had any possibility of being able to see coming. You just couldn't have. Shit happens. Like, that happens. Like, I'm not massively into Struess, but you know, I couldn't have obviously seen this. The starting Kevin Love experiment continues to be insane. I think Eric Spolster is a top three NBA coach, but this move, 
not only signing him, but also promising him and keeping him starting is crazy. It hasn't worked for a single second, and I don't know why they keep doing it. Five and four in 16 minutes for Love. You know why Kevin Love didn't play for the Cleveland Cavaliers? Because he wasn't very good, let alone coming to a team to try and save their season and start. It's ridiculous. I love Kevin Love. I think he's been an awesome player, great bloke for many, many years. This is not necessary. Why did you screw up something just to promise Kevin Love starters minutes? It doesn't make any sense. They need him out of the rotation. Haywood Highsmith's a better player at this point. Bam Adebayo was very poor, I thought. Nine points, 11 rebounds, four assists, while Butler had 12, three, and six. Just piss poor from both of those guys. And Hero dropped in 16 points on 16 shots. And his inefficiency has been a real concern over the second half of the season. For the Knicks, um, really hard to have predicted that Tom Thibodeau would do something that he's literally never done before. We'll talk about something that happened. Let's, actually, let's talk about the double royal, Julius Randle. Um, I don't think that this is a particularly good ankle injury. And not that they're ever good, but this didn't look great. And I would be shocked if Randall plays the next game. I would be mildly surprised if we see him in the regular season. That's how it looked. And there's just a quote here from Emmanuel quickly. Uh, quickly said Randall was in good spirits. He said, I don't know the severity of it. I know it was bad just by the reaction when they showed the replay, but he was in good spirits. So take from that what you will. It looked bad. I would imagine Randall misses. And people go, man, I love, I have to draft Julius Randall every year because he just plays every game. Well, that's because he didn't get injured. And now he is injured. So we'll see what happens down the stretch. So your immediate reaction should be, it should be, let's go and see what happens with Obi-Wan. I don't want to hear any more about Obi-Wan. Obi Toppin did start the second half, but ended with 17 minutes, six, three, and four, because Thomas Thibodeau decided, all right, the start of the fourth quarter, we are going to run a lineup of Barrett, we're going to, at power forward, we're going to run Hartenstein to center, and then we're going to go Hart, Quickly, and Grimes, and he made no subs for the entire quarter. And that lineup, I believe, according to Ian Begley, had played zero minutes together all season. So when you see these numbers, like Quentin Grimes playing 36 minutes, that's where the surprise comes from. This briefcase and this haircut. They basically replaced Randall with Grimes. Now, someone asked me in one of the shows earlier today, talking about Grimes, and I was like, oh, I'm pretty like skeptical. His big minutes have come when Brunson's been out and some random stuff's happening, but usually he's playing 21, 22 minutes. And obviously, I got it wrong. I was I didn't think he would get 20 points again. 23, 8, and 4 with five triples. It's an amazing run. He's been top 30 over the last week, and I got it wrong. I couldn't have possibly... Well, I could have, because you could say, I think Grimes will keep doing this, and you could have got it right, but me trying to use logic couldn't get to that. I didn't see Randall getting hurt and then him running with a lineup he's never run for an entire quarter, which gave Grimes the extra 12 minutes, which pushed him from 24 to 36 to give him this line. Couldn't have predict predicted that. And again, looking at it, like, is that what they're going to do if Randall misses? I don't think so, but they could. So maybe you do add Grimes. I don't feel particularly strong about it, but I've been wrong the whole week on him anyway. With that weird lineup, Robinson, Mitch Robinson played 19 and Hartenstein played 29. Six and nine, two steals and a block. Is there any reason for us to believe that's what continues? I don't think so. Again, it was just weird. While RJ Barrett, I think, missed his first six shots, ended up shooting 31% on 50% from the line. And again, show me for 82 games, Rowan, and then I'll believe that you're a changed player. 12, five, and zero. But of course, when you're playing that well, you should get gifted 12 fourth quarter minutes, shouldn't you? Like, he's obviously dominating. That's why he gets so much grace and latitude from Tibbs on shit nights. He just, they just keep playing him. The interesting thing was, in that group of five guys that I mentioned, Brunson wasn't a part of it. 
He didn't play in the fourth quarter. So he only got 30 minutes, 12, 2, and 3. Now, he is still injured. The hand is still a problem. So that is obviously a concern. But I just think that, again, so much of what transpired today for the Knicks is just a weird situation that probably... Look, the fact that we can look at it and go, huh, he made zero subs in a quarter, that's very strange. And that's how we got to these minutes. Means that it's probably not likely going to be the thing that happens every single game. It could. Who knows? But the likelihood of the fact that it was so weird that this happened that Brunson didn't touch the court in the fourth quarter, that Mitch Robinson didn't play a single second in the fourth quarter, the fact that that's so weird means that the likelihood of that being the same thing that happens next time is pretty low, I would think. That's how my logic detects that. So is Toppen worth an ad? Well, you have the same, you have the problem, don't you? You've got the Friday-Sunday problem. If you added Toppen, would you start him? Probably not. And I think Randall will probably miss both these games. So if you added Grimes, would you start him? Probably not. You'd still start Brunson. I think he'll play quickly. Would you start him? I don't know. I know there's a lot of time on this one, but there's a lot to talk about here. 24 points, four assists, three steals is a great game from quickly. You probably would start him, but you don't know. Two games ago, he played 19 minutes coming off the bench. It's very, very hard to know. Very hard to know. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NCAA tournament is heating up. We are reaching the conclusion there is no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. And then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net. If you go have a look, what odds do we have for national championship? Anything interesting happening? Let's go and have a look. There probably isn't because I think I've gone through it all already. Let's look at the national title exactor. Connecticut over Florida Atlantic is plus 280. So that final matchup, even though Florida Atlantic is the lowest, the biggest underdog out of all four teams left, it's the second lowest odds in terms of the national title exactor, I guess, because you know the other option is the San Diego State beats, beats them, which is the most common... Um, the common uh, result here. That's a plus 280. Might be interesting to have a look at. It's on an app that's safe, it's secure, and it's super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join Fanjul today. Just go to fanjul.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with Fanjul. Okay, we should do this next game, and that's exactly what we're going to do. It is the Lakers crushing the Bulls, 121-110. The Bulls beat them in LA a couple of days ago. They go to Chicago, and the Lakers win it, and they are in the eighth seed, the Lakers. And is I think it's obligatory to be in NBA media to say, I don't think you want to face the Lakers in the first round, so I'll get that out of the way. I still think you're fine if you're a good team, and you'll, you'll beat them, but they look really good here. With their preferred lineup, they look good. Their preferred lineup involved... Dennis Schroeder moving to the bench, Malik Beasley staying on the bench, and Troy Brown going to the bench. And Austin Reeves, when someone asked me, I went back to an old tweet yesterday to look at something, and someone asked me, hey, who's the Lakers' third best player? And like the 28th of October, I said, yeah, it's Austin Reeves. And it's not now because D'Angelo Russell's there, but man, yeah, good is he? Wow. Let's talk about Anthony Davis. 39 minutes, 38 and 10, two steals, two blocks. Continues to be really, really strong. He's the seventh-ranked player per game this season. LeBron was on somewhat of a minutes limit, but still got to 31. LeBron James. 25, 7, and 4 with two steals. He started back over Troy Brown. While Austin Reeves, 19, 2, and 5. And D'Angelo Russell, 17, 4, and 4. Schroeder played 21 minutes. You can jack him off. Get that garbage out of here! Malik Beasley played 10 minutes for zero points. Get that garbage out of here! 
He was bad. He is a three-point streamer still if you're desperate on low, like low volume days. Hachimura got back into the rotation and had six points while Troy Brown, after that unbelievable game last time out, some people added him, but he had uh, zero and four in 20 minutes. And obviously he's a 12, 14, probably 16 team league drop as well. While Lonnie Walker was entirely out of the rotation for the Bulls. Alex Caruso, the rabbit hunter, that foot is a real problem. Be quiet. I'm hunting rabbits. I said this a while ago when you heard that foot. Ah, why is he coming back so quickly? This feels like it's going to be a long-term injury, and it is. It's bothering him every single game. Expect him to be listed on the injury report every single game. They pulled him out early here because of the foot. Five points, 19 minutes with a steal. We don't need to have him in 12-team leagues, much like we don't need to with Pat Williams, who had two points with a steal and a block in 24 minutes. This guy's inability to really ever elevate into something good is frustrating, while Beverly's also struggling. Zero points, missed all of his shots, had a steal and a block. All right, very hard to look at that because the guy who's outplaying all of them is Kobe White. 26 minutes, 17 points, nine assists, three threes. White is the 80th ranked player over the last week. Some of that was with Crusoe in, some of it is with him out. Is that make him a must-roster guy? Again, Friday, Sunday, you wouldn't start him probably, but he's absolutely got to be on the radar with the way he's playing. Like he's playing really well. He's outplaying Desumu and Williams and Beverly and Caruso. Levine was bad. I thought all the, the big guys here, Levine, DeRozan, and Vucher were pretty bad. Levine in particular, like really low usage, 16, 3, and 6. Not that they shot inefficient. 57%, 60% for DeRozan, 75 for Vooch, yet they were minus 24, minus 20, minus 22, respectively. Don't know how that's possible, but they were all relatively poor overall in this game, and the Bulls were too. They need to get back on track. Well, obviously, they need to get back on track because they need to keep winning. They want to keep winning. Speaking of teams that don't want to keep winning, the Utah Jazz and the San Antonio Spurs, the Jazz... Um, end up losing this game, 128, San Antonio, 117. Yes, I did say losing this game because they were doing everything in their power to lose this game and they ended up winning, which to them is a loss because they, along with the Pacers, need to just keep losing every game to try and get down and get someone to jump ahead of them in the standings. But they won, so they'll be annoyed. And what did they do? They sat marketing. Sexton and Clarkson were out. They pulled Olenek out with an illness. And then they decided, that, oh, Walker Kessler's just a little bit too tired, guys. Probably not going to be able to get him out there too much. It's just been really hard on him. Um, amazingly, we're trying to limit him against the worst team. So just to keep it even, like, but it's he's just so tired. Him and Abaji, like, man, I, I just can't believe how exhausted they are. It's just, and coincidence, sorry, I can't believe it's happening on this day. But it, but it is. We can't do much about it. This is just the day that he is tired. Bullshit. Um, in fact... Fake, 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 fake. So I don't know what it means. I do think that Clarkson and Sexton are done. Markinen and Olenek, I think, are sort of going to be in and out. But you know, if you are going, man, I don't think they're coming back, that's a fair enough opinion. Markinen's like, what's he played? One out of the last five? Olenek, I talked about it earlier today. I said, yeah, put him on shutdown watch. I think it's happening soon. Is this the beginning of it? I don't know. Is this because they were playing the Spurs? I don't know. It was always likely to me that Mark and would sit this one. The Olympic one I thought was happening at some point, but not necessarily here. Um, so I don't know what we do. I don't know what we do with Mark and I don't know what we do with Olympic. I know that Clarkson and Sexton aren't worth it, but I don't know what to do with those other two. If you want to drop them, I don't think anyone would blame you. So what actually happened here? Well, Taylor Horton Tucker dropped 41. Of course he did. 30 minutes, 41 points, 5 assists, 6 dribbles, shot 60%, go 83 from the line. He'll probably go 10 of 30 in the next game. But he does remain a guy to roster. So does Chris Dunn, 17, 4, and 5 with 2 steals, a 12-team league player. Well, Kessler, only 21 minutes, as I said, 9, 10, and 4 with 2 blocks. I wonder if he gets any fake illnesses coming up. We still hold him for now. Maybe we need to watch Luka Sharmanich. Yes, who is a real player who plays for this team. 
Um, revenge game against the Spurs. 9-9-4, triple one, 25 minutes. Shot 25%. But he plays the same position that Markkinen and Olenek do. And if they're out, he'll get minutes because the other options are Juan Toscano-Anderson. They even limited Simone Fontecchio to 17 minutes to get Sharmanich in. That is real com- committing to the tank. Sharmanich is at least a name to watch. But again, Friday, Sunday, would you start him? Almost definitely not. They also played both Damian Jones and Yudoka as a Buke. Again, this is, they did not care. They played their three centers together. Well, not all at once, but 24 minutes for Azebuke, 23 minutes for Jones, 21 for Kessler. And if you add that up, it's more than 48, meaning that they played at times Kessler and Azebuke, Azebuke and Jones, Jones and Kessler together. Trying to lose. That is trying to lose. Abaji had 10 points in 25 minutes. He did block two shots. He shot poorly. Again, he's not a player that I particularly like as a fantasy player at all. He has had some moments of value, but even in this game, with nobody out, even in his limited minutes, 17 usage, 10 points, 29% shooting, he's not very good. I think he's very much a fringe guy and absolutely not a 12-team must-roster player. For the Spurs, oh, cool. Johnson was out. Vassell was out. Sohan was out. I, I don't know what to make of this team. Their next two games are Friday, Sunday. So who's going to play? Is Zach going to play? Is Jones going to play? Is Bates Diop going to play? I doubt it, but I don't know. It makes it very, very hard. Zach Collins is good. 12, 8, and 5, 3 steals and 2 blocks. Mamo Kilishvili is good. 29 minutes, 17, 8, and 5 with 2 threes. And I'm actually getting to the stage where I don't care what happens with Zach Collins. Sunder is a 12-team league guy. Would I start him on Friday or Sunday? If Collins was out, I would, yeah. If Collins is in, it's risky. But look at this. 28, 28 minutes here. Yeah. 29 minutes, actually. Devontae Graham, 17, 4, and 6. Bates Diop, 15 and 3. Malachi Branham, 21, 2 and 2. I don't, but I don't care about adding any of them. Because there's just too much game-to-game predictability. And it feels like no matter what happens here, it's going to be a waste. Unless I hear Zach Collins is out, then I would add Mamu and then I would start him. And that's it. Because these other guys will all return next game. And then a bunch of other ones will sit. They actually started the guy that I said, hey, watch this guy if you're playing in deep leagues. Julian Champagne. Now he was shit house. Two points on 17%, but he started. So I think he, Bates Diop, and Mamakulishvili, and probably Blake Wesley are going to play every game here. Whether that appeals to you or not, I can't tell you. I don't, it probably doesn't, but they are going to play. Otherwise, that team's a disaster, and I don't know what to do with them. Speaking of even more confusion, let's go to the Clippers. They beat the Memphis Grizzlies 141-132. There was, out of nowhere... Um, a Kawhi Leonard scratch for personal reasons. We know Paul George was out, Marcus Morris was out, and then Kawhi was out. So we can watch all of this. We can look at all of this and go, okay. But then we have to go, oh yeah, Kawhi's actually got to play. And that changes a lot of things. Especially with Bob Covington, who played 32 minutes, had 27 points, seven triples, three steals on 90% shooting. And just exactly like we said with Nick Batum when he went 80% from three last game, this is not real. And of course, in this game, Batum had four points on 20% shooting in 19 minutes, which completely shoots us in the dick. Like Covington is going to get minutes here. Whether Kawhi plays or not, he is the backup apparently over Marcus Morris. And if we're seeing this and he plays 32 and Batum plays 19, then he absolutely he's in the mix for us. And they play Saturday, so no problem with streaming him in. The same with Norman Powell. Absolutely fine to add. 13 points, two triples in his return. Terrence Mann, 11, 2, and 3. Not all that good starting for Kawhi, but the two games Saturday gives him some appeal. And the big stiffy, Bones Highland. Man, he continues to play really well. I thought on a healthy team, there was a chance that he would be out of the rotation. But then, of course, Kawhi was out. So he played. He had 20 points, five rebounds, six assists, four threes. He's shooting like 46% from three over the last week or so. He's dominating. 
But if Ty Lue is telling the truth and he wants to run a nine-man rotation, then Highland's probably not going to play. But I don't know that. And the value for him on Saturday, if he plays, it's great. But again, I don't know whether he's going to play. Because how do you fit all that in to a nine-man rotation? You can't fit 10 blokes into a nine-man rotation. Price of the brick going up. Russell Westbrook, really good line. 36, 4, and 10, two blocks. Now, bad from the line, of course, 5 of 9. But 72% shooting overall. He's always going to step up usage with Kawhi and Paul George out, and he put together a fantastic performance. Part of his issue was finding how to fit next to those guys and playing 26 minutes a night and being generally not very good. But with them out, he stepped up and put together a very strong game. Good work. What we do with Batum? He was worth adding as the starter. He shit the bed here. If you did add him, I would probably like to hold because all that's going to happen is you're going to be re-adding him on Saturday anyway. He will start moving forward. He won't be this bad moving forward. He won't be as good as the game before moving forward. He'll be somewhere in between. For the Grizzlies, I don't know what to judge out of this because Jackson, Bain, Tyus Jones all sat out with fake injuries. John Morant played 35 minutes, 36, 4, and 9, 3 steals. It's a lovely game outside of 39% shooting. Xavier Tillman, another strong game. Big games in a row here. 16, 9, and 5, a steal and a block. And he plays like this. He is a startable guy on high-volume days. I don't know that I trust it, but he is. With Bain out, they started Luke Kennard. And Kennard had been on fire, and then he played worse than he has in any other game. He wasn't bad. 12, 4, and 2 with a 3 and a block. But my guy, if you're not hitting more than one 3, I'm not really sure what your purpose is. And I don't know that he is good enough to hold through uncertainty. And by uncertainty, I mean like 23 minutes a night. Is that useful enough? It probably isn't. The question you ask again, will you start him Friday, Sunday? Almost definitely not. So clear him out and get a roster spot in there. All these guys should return, Bain and Jackson and Jones, for the next game, making it hard to get too excited about, you know, seeing 31 minutes from David Roddy Piper or getting 13 minutes from Kennedy Chandler, or even the 33 minutes from Santi Aldama, who had 17 and 8 with a steal and a block on 86% shooting. It's fantastic. Great stream today. Means nothing for Friday, Sunday. So, well done if you streamed him in today. The future use of it's pretty low. This game, the Thunder, somehow, they almost gave it away, but if it, the Bronco. The Bronco gets the game winner, 107-106 over the Pistons. Now, there was a lot of confusion pregame with the Pistons. They listed... On the official NBA starting lineup data feed, displayed it at the stadium that Jalen Duran was starting at center over James Wiseman. The PA announcer announced Jalen Duran as the starting center. And of course, James Wiseman took the opening tip-off. And not only did that, but Wiseman played 29 minutes while Duran played 19 minutes. Because it's Dwayne Casey. Wiseman had 14 and 11. In intrude Marvin Bagley the fourth style, he had no assists, no steals, and no blocks. And he didn't hit a three. He had points and rebounds, and that is what he is. While Duran had 10 and 6 with a block on 100% shooting. He was pretty empty as well. And now this up and down, back and forth minutes thing, Duran had played more minutes than Wiseman the two previous games. That's, uh, that's really hard to trust Duran Friday, Sunday with limited minutes. It's really hard. And, that, and then what we also saw is Bagley, 32, 36, 30 minutes. All right, he played 23 here. Why? I don't know. And he was Marvin Bagley. He actually had three assists, which is not Marvin Bagley, but eight and three in 23 minutes. 23 minutes of Marvin Bagley is not enough for me to care. But how can I possibly know what the hell's going to happen with him on a game-to-game basis? I don't. The guy that played the most minutes, Eugene Omarui. Of course he did. 14 and five with three triples. Played pretty well. But he's not reliable enough for the high-volume days. Killian Hayes hurt his ankle late in the game. Didn't look particularly comfortable. Wouldn't be shocked if that was his season. 11, six and five. So keep an eye on Roderick Hampton Jr., 
RJ had 12, 3, and 2 in 24 minutes. While Isaiah Livers, who started, and for absolutely no apparent reason, played only 21 minutes. So we could get more minutes into Corey Joseph and Eugene Amari. Again, decoding whatever this rotation is is impossible. Good news for Jaden Ivey. He played well, still only 31 minutes, but 24, 2 and 9, 44% shooting. Massive usage. He is putting up strong numbers at the moment. And the absence or the likely absence in my mind of Killian Hayes helps him quite a bit. For the Thunder, there was no Shea Goodis Alexander. So, the Bronco. Broncos country, let's ride. I am I'm really preparing myself for him to win the Rookie of the Year. And while I love him, I think it's going to be ridiculous. It's going to be, again, one of those things where people get really, really swayed by what they see in March. He's been great. I don't even know if he's second in Rookie of the Year, though, because Walker Kessler exists. But he's been awesome, and he was awesome again. And I think he's an awesome player. But I really worry that he's going to win Rookie of the Year due to recency bias voting. 27, 8, and 6. And you know that I was massive onto this guy probably earlier than anybody. But I still don't think that he should be rookie of the year. Anyway, Midwest, Dylan Brooks. Lou Dort played 38 minutes, 20 and 6, 3 steals, 3 threes. That's great when you get that from Lou. Of course, you can't trust it. And then Aaron Wiggins had one of those games. He, he has these games. 19, 4 and 2, a steal, 2 blocks. And then he goes and plays 0 minutes. You cannot trust a single part of Aaron Wiggins in terms of consistency of role or production. Pokashevsky played four minutes. Please, no one add him. Well, Giddy had 18, 5, and 7 on poor shooting. Well, Isaiah Joe, 33 minutes, 12 points, four triples, nothing else. No threes, no steals. Very disappointing. He still played good minutes, and he will still play good minutes, not this many minutes, when Shea returns for the game Friday, most likely Friday. Um, Joe still can be streamable, but again, would you start him on a 12-game, 13-game day? No, you probably wouldn't. So if you want to move on, you move on. Pig Williams also played 32 minutes here, seven and six with two threes and two steals. One of his better recent games, but he's better off left to being a deeper league player. Let's go to the next game. The Sacramento Kings, they've done it. They've made the playoffs for the first time in 16 seasons. Congratulations, Kings fans. Fantastic. I didn't have a huge amount of faith in them this season, obviously. Like I'm, they, I, I didn't, but they have surprised me and exceeded everything that I've thought about them all season. Hope they do well in the playoffs. It's awesome for the fans. I always love to see fans aren't the organization. While I couldn't criticize things that Vivek have done and past coaches and general managers, the fans are awesome and they're sick and they deserve this. That's all great. I love it for them. Unbelievable stuff. And I hope it works out fantastically for all the fans, for the Kings in the playoffs. In terms of analyzing this game for fancy, they beat whatever this was, the Portland chuck out there by 40 points. So, we can look at this, and I don't know how much we take out of it. Like, Monk had 19, 6, and 6 in 22 minutes. They weren't against a real team. It's, I find it really hard to trust his minutes, much like I find it really hard to trust Kevin Herter's minutes, who had 17, 4, and 4 in 21 minutes. They're great performances. But, you know, what are they going to do against a real team? And not that's, you know, what I'm trying to say there is, does Monk play 19 minutes? Has Herder played 23? Does he play 33? That's been the pattern all season. We know Sabonis and Fox are solid. They didn't have to do much here. But I think when we're looking at maybe, I think Herder's fine to have. But like Monk, Keegan Murray, who had 13 and 5 in 22 minutes, and the pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Who had 7, 4 in 3 in 27 minutes. I don't think you have to hold him for the rest of the week. We've seen plenty of times with Murray. He'll drop and play 22 minutes or 28 minutes or 20 minutes or 35 minutes and still not a well-rounded fantasy contributor. And guess what? They play Friday, Sunday. And the next game's against the Blazers. And the next game's against the Spurs. These guys might play 24 minutes a night for the next two nights. 
So I don't think you need to have Barnes or Monk or um, uh, Murray on your roster. Are they going to start for you Friday, Sunday? Probably not. Again, considering the discount you probably have to give to their production, given who they're playing and how the minutes might be limited in those games. They got you know, 21 minutes out of Lyles here, 11 minutes out of Edwards. We got 16 minutes out of Alex Len, for God's sake. Really hard to um, judge that with those next two games coming up on high-volume days. Murray broke the record for most three-pointers by a rookie. Congratulations to him. Still not like a well-rounded fantasy player at all. But again, I don't think he needs to be held. For the Blazers, I don't know what this team is doing. I don't know what to make of this. Um, Cam Reddish's fake injury was ruled doubtful. And then Keon Johnson suffered an actual injury, a broken finger, which I think is going to end his season. So maybe the ads of Keon Johnson, you can move on there. Reddish remarkably got upgraded from um, doubtful to available and then played zero minutes. Maybe, maybe he was injured and they just had to upgrade him because they had nobody else. They did sign Skylar Mays. And well, sorry, they haven't, that hasn't officially gone through. He will play some minutes. And then they did the thing where Ryan Archer Jackano had been starting. They moved him to the bench despite their backup point guard being injured and played Archer Jackano zero minutes. They ran a seven man rotation with Jabari Walker getting 27 minutes and John Butler playing 25 minutes. This is disgusting basketball. Because he's my butler. That's the wrong butler. But what it does do is it gives us solidarity in, not solidarity, security in Shaden Sharp. 30 and 7, 6 triples, 7 assists to block. Now he's going to take a lot of shots. He's exhausted. He's going to miss a ton, 37%, but you roster him. Not a great night from Drew Eubanks, who shot 17%, but 5-11 and 5 with 2 blocks is absolutely a 12-team league guy. And then the other guy who started was the fort, Kevin Knox. 39 minutes for Knox. He replaced Archer Jackano. Cool. 12 and 12. If he's going to be pumped that many minutes into... Hey, maybe he is worth having. But the age-old question, will you start him Friday? Will you start him Sunday? Probably not, huh? You probably won't. And that is going to make it really, really tough to consider a lot of these guys' ads. Nasir Little played 39 minutes and had 10 points on 24%. He's not a very good player. He's a bad fantasy player, and I'm not sure there's any value in him. While Matisse Thibault's minutes continue to be an absolute roller coaster. 37 here. Eight points, because he can't ramp anything up, but he did have two steals and a block with two triples. What he is, is a steal streamer who gets out of position blocks, and that is all you should rely upon him from. So I like Sharp. I like Eubanks. Thibel has his place. And then it's just a whole bunch of nothing. Like, I don't think Johnson's coming back. Watford, maybe, maybe not. If we find out Watford's coming back, we do add him. If we find out Reddish is going to play, we do add him. But I don't even think I'd start Reddish on a 12-game or 13-game Friday. I don't think I would. I would with Watford. But they are all over the place. There was no Nurkic, Grant, um, Reddish, Winslow, Simons, Budgie, Lillard, Watford, or Keon Johnson here. And then healthy Archer Jackano didn't play. Embarrassing. Embarrassing stuff. I'm all for tanking because I understand the benefits of it. That's just, that shit's embarrassing. And now the final game of the night. The Phoenix Suns 107 beat the Minnesota Timberwolves 100. Anthony Edwards and a whole bunch of Timberwolves players were sick. Noel didn't play. Prince was sick. Rivers was pl- sick. Ryan was sick. Edwards was sick, but he played. Kyle Anderson was sick, but he, but he played. But Edwards, Goose, played 40 minutes despite having some issues with um, fecal retention, apparently. He'd struggled since returning from his ankle problem, but 31 points, 6 assists, 59% shooting is great. And Towns played 34 minutes, so he's back. Four minutes, we're ready to go. 25 and 8, 5 triples, 53% shooting, awesome. Gobert, also not bad. 7 and 15, while Kyle Anderson played 30 off the bench. Now, it does help the Prince was out, but we think we still hold Kyle Anderson. 6 and 10 with two blocks. 
The big fella, the Wizard of Noz, Nas Reed. 23 minutes, 15 and 6, two triples, continuing to play amazing. Now, he did hurt his wrist in this game, but he stayed in the game. We'll see if anything happens. And he shot poorly, but he's getting good volume and good minutes. It was helped, of course, by the absence of Prince, but I think he's a 12-team league guy. I think he is. Conley didn't do much, 7, 9, and 4 on 23%, while Jaden McDaniels had foul trouble, shockingly. He defended well, but the ability to generate fantasy stats doesn't come from good one-on-one defending. 6 and 3, Nothing else. If you want to make moves to add interesting flyer players, maybe that's Kevin Knox in Portland, which is disgusting, but maybe it is. Yeah, McDaniels doesn't have to be a must-roster player. This is a man who's averaging under 24 fantasy points per game. You can do much better getting someone to play Thursday and Sunday, streaming somebody in. He is not, in even in category leagues, Jaden McDaniels is not a must-roster player. For as good as he can be, he's not on a healthy team. For the Phoenix Sun side of things, Durant returned. He was weirdly inefficient. He was on a minutes restriction. That won't last long, I don't think. 29 minutes for him. 16 points on 28% shooting. You don't get that from Durant. 16, 8, and 4 with two triples, but he's back. But interestingly, Josh Okoge played more minutes than he had been in any other game. 33 minutes, 10 and 9, two steals and a block. And I thought he played really well in the fourth quarter. Now, I think we relegate Okoge, who's 281st over the last week, to being a steal specialist and not a 12-team must. But the guys who were stepping up, Terrence Ross and TJ Warren, did nothing. 11 minutes for Warren, 13 minutes for Ross, two points combined. You can drop those guys in even 14-team leagues. While uh, Tory Craig went to the bench and had four points. Aiden had a, a, a little bit of foul trouble, 29 minutes, 10 and 3 with three blocks, while Biombo chipped in eight rebounds and three blocks. And Biombo, despite coming off the bench the last two games, has actually been relevant for 12s. I wouldn't bother adding him, but just something to watch that given he is getting the exclusive backup minutes over Jacques Landau, Biombo is providing some streamable numbers for specific categories if you need those. Chris Paul had 19, 3, and 6, and Devin Booker went 29, 3, and 5 with four steals. Good numbers for Booker in KD's return. Let's go to the lines of the night. The monstrous is Drew Holiday of the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, the waiver wire line of the night is Bob Covington, who went crazy today, 90% shooting. Young gun is the Bronco, Jalen Williams, and the dud of the night is fellow rookie, Tari Tank Season. Your top 10 players in category leagues, number one was Drew, followed by Yanni, Anthony Davis, Cam Johnson, Kevin Porter Jr., Robert Covington, Nikola Vucevic, Ja Morant, Taylor Horton Tucker, and Russell Westbrook comes in at number 10. Price of the brick going up. Your top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Covington, sure, stream it, but again, a little bit of flukiness. Under 20 minutes for Batum, 90% shooting, no Kawhi. Stream because of Saturday. Um, Neesmith got injured at the end. You probably won't use him Friday, Sunday. Not interested. Aaron Wiggins, absolutely not. Malik Monk, yeah, but, you know, no consistency, high volume days coming up. Quentin Grimes, yeah, played a lot. Weird scenario. We discussed that at length in the show. I don't mind a stream, but will you start him Friday, Sunday? Probably not. Devontae Graham, eh, no interest in the Spurs. Santi Aldama, one game wonder. Kobe White, looking solid. Don't he, he might actually be a Friday stream who you could start. I don't think so. Too much uncertainty, but he's playing at a high enough level. Gabe Vincent, yeah, maybe for Saturday. They play Saturday, so maybe. And then Dylan Brooksy Brooks, but you know, Bain and Jaron roll out today, and that enabled Brooks to have a big game. I didn't even talk about him. Apologies to Dylan Brooks. He scored 30 points today. The top 10 players in points leagues today, number one was Yanni, followed by Drew Holiday, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Porter, Ja Morant, Taylor Horton Tucker, Cameron Johnson, Nick Vucevic, and Dylan Brooksy Brooks. Guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app and on YouTube. Thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.